Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, hello everybody. I'm Chris Wick, president of Career Crossroads. You are dialed in today to hear from an industry leader who's going to share with you a career lesson or how-to that's one of the many topics surfaced from a survey from hundreds of talent leaders this year. Now, in this series, the topic might be around DEI, leadership, innovation, or even headspace and sanity uh, during some pretty unprecedented times. So these conversations are about 10 minutes long. And if you're dialed in live, you can both listen and participate with questions via the live chat feature. If you're listening to the podcast after the interview, you can find it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts like iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can find it on our site at cxr.works slash expertise. Uh, if you do drop a question into the chat, we're going to try and answer it as time permits. But the good news is that if we do run out of time uh, or you'd like to ask our guests something later after the podcast, we've set up a free space for you to do that in an open exchange hosted by CXR at cxr.works slash talent talks. So with all of that, let's jump in uh, with today's guest and industry friend. He's the vice president of talent acquisition at Equinix. Please welcome Nick Maley. Nick, how are you this morning? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for the invite. I love this community. Um, I, I've shared this before. I continue to learn from uh, everyone here. And so uh, thank you for the opportunity uh, to chat. Um, doing well. Because well, we can be, right? It's 2020 and COVID. We are in unprecedented time. So uh, for sure, for sure. Well, we know you get out what you put in, right? So it's, so it's exciting. Um, so Nick, Today, we're going to ask uh, the age-old question that leaders face when thinking of technology and talent, right? And that's whether or not to buy or build what's needed. Now, you've been doing this for a period of time. Uh, you've learned a few things as a leader at various organizations of note. What's one thing you'd really like our listeners to walk away knowing with regards to the challenge of 5e build? Well, you mean really getting narrow in on what you're solving for, what's critical to the business and what you really need to deliver. And then when you look at, uh, it sounds really simplistic, but I do lots of interviews to really understand what's critical uh, with executives and then uh, with employees, because those are ultimately your clients. That's the, really the number one thing. And then it's getting alignment that you're going to deliver on that need. And then, you know, I, the whole buy versus build, I balance I always balance, like, what is the need, and then how are we going to deliver on that? Um, and, and balance can can look differently, whether it's technology or people or what you're trying to deliver deliver against. Is there is there one big takeaway though? So from a balance standpoint, I mean, when when I hear balance, I think of priorities, right? Uh, whether that's uh, buy-in on the you know on the front end or. Uh, whether that's, you know, from an implementation and staging standpoint or adoption and change management. I mean, is there one that's just been a particular, uh, we can go with victory uh, or defeat, but just one that really stands out to you from from an uh, experience standpoint? So well, let me answer this in a couple of ways because I, I want to try to answer your question. When I think about um, balance, uh, I think about the teams that we're developing and growing to deliver on a on a business need. And invariably, when you do an assessment of an organization that you're working with, they may have some of the talent, but not all of the talent. So you're buying, you're buying talent. And um, I've been fortunate enough, maybe four times where I've been in major transformations of companies 
where we had to essentially buy talent that didn't exist mm-hmm. and we would transform um, those companies um, and the success there and, and the success of those companies. But you have to assess, you know, what's there, what can be what can be developed, and then what it is that you need. And then for my own teams, uh, it's been the same thing, which is is looking at the capabilities in that team and understanding how you can bring in new talent that would really up-level it. And I think you know, if you've worked with me, I tend to hire people from industry, but not necessarily having functional backgrounds, say, within recruiting. I'll look at folks with finance backgrounds or consulting backgrounds or product management, software development backgrounds. And I feel like that really sort of, um, I think, rounds out an organization. and allows you to think differently and really pushes us uh, recruiting organization, I think, to, to new levels. Well, and I think you and I might've talked a little bit about this a year or so ago. I mean, when you're talking about diversity within an organization and within teams, you know, oftentimes people just jump directly to um, underrepresented minorities, right? Or people of color or gender. But I think what you're really talking about here is diversity of thought and experience, right? That's exactly right. You want um, diversity, of course, of, of thought, capabilities, and functional expertise that they're applying on a new problem. And so you look at what you have, right? You broaden it. And I think that's where, um, when I think back on our success, it's bringing in that diverse team that's led to, I think, the, the best outcomes that I've experienced and in helping transform a company. Nice. Well, what would you say is the biggest watch out? from that standpoint, when looking to bring folks in uh, and, and trying to shake things up a little bit? What's what's the biggest thing people should be looking out for? Uh, that's a fantastic question. Uh, I think there are a couple. You don't wanna hold on too long to talent that's not working out. And, and that's been my own personal, what happens is you develop affinity for people that are close to you and that you work with on an ongoing basis. Uh, and that's the most challenging thing is really being objective and understanding um, how working either with the team, they're working with the clients, um, but that's the watch out really is waiting too long um, and, and being really thoughtful up front with uh, what that will look like um, up front. I think that's one. And I think the second area, particularly for leaders, I think the biggest enemy we have, and you can see it, but it's indifference. And it's, uh, it's not caring about the different elements and components, those small things that um, impact the greater whole. And um, that indifference, whether it be with talent or systems and solutions or processes and experience, yeah, that indifference will come back to haunt you. That's the other thing. You, um, so it's not that you dislike something because then you know how you're going to handle it or that you love something because you know what it's delivering. It's that indifference in certain things. And you almost have to check yourself. Because those things that you're indifferent about invariably are things you're going to have to come and go and fix later. Nice, nice. I think that's a really good that's a really good call out. Uh, we've got uh, we do have one question that has come in, so I do want to ask you that before we run out of time. Uh, does speed to market also impact uh, you know your thoughts around buy versus build? Such a great question. Uh, it depends on what we're talking about. We're talking about our team or we're talking about delivering for the business. So, <laughs> let's do, deli- uh, let's do uh, delivering to business, right? You got you to <laughs> speed to market. How, how big of a factor is that? You know, anybody can build a team, right? Anybody can field a team, but that doesn't mean the team's any good. Like if we're going to look in the United States, the Jets have a football team. I think they've lost 16 games last year and probably going to do another 
lose another 16. Like anyone talent acquisition can build a team. It's, it's what you deliver and how you do it. That's what's ultimately most critical. And so are you delivering the talent that is really necessary to transform the company and um, you know, the way in which you're doing it? Are you diversifying the talent? Are you getting high caliber talent? And so those things really matter. And so uh, first to market, so look, timing and critical mass is critical. That clearly, clearly plays a role. Um, and so that has to go into calculation, but you have to be thoughtful about what you're delivering and the way in which you are, are delivering. And so like all of us, it's setting expectations on what the trade-offs are if you're just quickly getting to market. And uh, I saw a question on RPO. I'll just quickly jump onto that. Um, I believe it takes a village and I work with an ecosystem of partners. I don't have one RPO, I have three RPOs. I, I like, um, and it allows you to be far more agile in delivering on, on different needs. And um, it allows you to sort of uh, like deliver on a need and dial it back where you need to. And then candidly, like just look, there are RPOs that are very good at certain things and that's why I'll use a variety of them uh, to assist us and allow us to be uh, more agile as, as we're growing or delivering on um, specific initiative. I love it. Non-traditional non diversity, diversity, diversity. <laughs> Nick, you are absolutely awesome. Right. That's, the, that's the thing. Like you have to think about what is your ecosystem? Like your village is not just internal. It's all those partners that develop a solution for you. Partnerships um, uh, with organizations that help diversify pipeline. It's the MSPs, those managed service providers and ensuring they're rowing in the same direction and the RPOs and pulling them all together. They should all be on your staff. You should be meeting with them frequently. So it's not just your FTEs and your, and your directs. Yeah, nothing in a vacuum. Nick, you, you are uh, an industry superhero. So it's always fantastic to connect with you. I just love it. I love the work you do. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Next week, I've got Frida Polly. She is the CEO and founder of Pymetrics. She's going to join us to talk about the impact of ethics on talent decisions in today's hiring environment. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be December 10th at 12 p.m. Eastern, so slightly different time than we normally do, but you can register to join us live on the CXR website. And until then, we hope to see everybody online at cxr.org slash talent talks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.